everybody. We're individuals often going into locked buildings with people we don't know very well, right? Or buildings that can lock or being deep into a house or what have you, or meeting people anywhere where it's just you and somebody else, or sometimes you and multiple somebody else's. And we can never really be too careful for the sort of vulnerability we're putting ourselves into. Hello again, everybody. I'm Daniel. I'm here with Katie, and this is Level Up. Hello. Hi. How are you? Great. How are you? I am doing spectacular. The sun is shining, even though it's cold. I'm telling myself it's warm, and that's good. Um, and before we get into our banter, this is a reminder to all of you listening that if you have not yet subscribed to this podcast on YouTube and followed this podcast on Spotify, you are missing out and it took you way too long to find us this time. Think about how easy it'll be next time if you check those little boxes around us. It helps us out a great deal. We're happy to see that the uh, viewership and the listenership is growing with every episode and you can be part of that train. So do all the things. We won't ask you again. Thank you very much. And scene on that. And also, I am very excited, as you probably know, not you out there, but Katie knows, that we at the podcast at Level Up have a new partner that we're really excited to chat about a little bit right now. You'll be hearing a lot more about them in future episodes, but we uh, have partnered Effective Now with a company out of the United States that is ridiculously cool called Rolla. That's R-O-L-L-A. Rolla. I was waiting for it. I knew is it was that... coming. Is that like Hala? Yeah. It's spelled similar, just not with an H. Rolla. But what Rolla does, and this couldn't be more of a fit for all of you who are listening out there, and that's why we're so excited to partner with them and sing their praises, is that they are an app that will make your video making experience ridiculously easy. I think that's in a sentence what they're designed to do. They are a one-stop shop to take either the nervous, never does it video person who constantly feels like they need to go to a professional and spend a lot of money, or the person who just can't get over the hump of taking really shitty videos with their phone. Uh, and yeah, this is a partnership comment that came with a swear word in it, but it is what it is. Um, and it basically turns you into almost an instant pro, dare I say. It is an app that's built with templates for every type of video with AI-driven, uh, I guess you could call it guidance along the way, where it tells you things as as minute as your phone is off center, it's off balance, you need to move it slower, faster, the lighting is good, bad, and otherwise, and literally storyboards you through every type of video you could possibly want to do and puts it all together for you in an instant. It is a very cool app. We have a link where you can download it and try it for free in the uh, in the liner notes on YouTube, in our wherever you're seeing it right now, you can get that link. Check it out, try it for yourself. It has already been adopted across much of the United States. We're in Canada and they are yet to put their feet in the grass over here, the grass that is yet to disappear very soon, even though the sun is out. 
but we really getting yeah the grass is not green anymore but that being said give them a click try it out for yourself I'm a big fan of it. I think this is going to solve a lot of the problems that are out there for a lot of you folks who are curious about how to put a video together that's optimized for social media, that's the right length, that you can edit, do all the things. We're going to talk more about it later on in future episodes, but we're really excited uh, to partner with them. And uh, yeah, that is yeah. my my shameless open the episode Let's talk about Rolla. That's Rolla again. You can also see them at rollavideo.com, but uh, click on the link for an instant download. I believe at the moment it is only available for your Apple phones and your iOS, iOS, iOS devices. And you can do a free trial. And yeah, and you'll do the free. Yeah, yeah. We're we're not Which we're not cool. selling you anything. We're not in the business of selling anything. This no, but it lets you try things out. Go on your next property tour, or if you're doing a market update, like there's so many different templates. So just go download it, check it out, and it's very cool. Do your thing. Yeah, and do and it does it does. They'd be remiss if they didn't give you the option of interacting with professional editors as well. If you've got bigger projects or things that need that additional touch. That is an option that comes with them as well. But uh, if and when you try it out and like it, I can assure you when you see the price they charge for a full subscription, it is the opposite of prohibitively expensive. It will cost you less for an entire year than what one photographer will cost you video out for one property. So take that to the bank. Anyway, let's talk about our podcast, which is not about video. No, not this time. But... I don't need I don't need no segue. We're jumping right in. That's Head right. first. Um, we had a very interesting week and a really uh insightful pair of guests in our office this past week that has, I think, sparked a need to have an important conversation that is useful for our entire industry. And so I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. Well. I mean, it's about keeping everybody safe out there. And I think, I mean, especially with the awful news events of the, of, that's been happening over the last little while, um, obviously safety is something that's a top priority. Well, it's always a top priority, but it just reminds us how important it is um, when we hear of such awful things that is happening right now. But for the most part, we don't talk enough about it. I think, I think we're all kind of aware of it. I think we have little ideas on how to keep ourselves safe, but if something were to happen, um, with you guys out there, when you're doing your job, how do you actually help yourself and defend yourself in, in certain situations? So yeah, the guests we had that came into the office this week were martial arts masters, shall I say, um, but just gave us some really awesome tips and ideas and, and easy ways to just keep ourselves safe when we're maybe putting ourselves into less than ideal situations, which we often do when we're in real estate and meeting with strangers. I mean, look at the industry that we're in. We take, not everybody, but a lot of us take for granted how vulnerable and how easy of a target we are. And I know generally speaking, and rightfully so, and, and even the guests we had were focusing on uh, the women agents in our office more so. And uh, yes, there's a vulnerability there that is greater than men, but this applies to everybody. We're individuals often going into 
locked buildings with people we don't know very well, right? Or buildings that can lock or being deep into a house or what have you, or meeting people anywhere where it's just you and somebody else, or sometimes you and multiple somebody else's. And we can never really be too careful for the sort of vulnerability we're putting ourselves into. So uh, it's really important that we don't lose sight of the fact that we're driven by certain things to get our job done. And it's a necessity of our business to do things like that. But we need to, um, among other things, follow some of the steps that were given to us, which I think was a really good way to look at this um, in order to defend yourself and to be prepared for what hopefully never does, but has the possibility of happening. And we've heard horrible stories, thankfully, few and far between, but they happen. And like you said, I mean, the world is is just, it's a scary place. It can be. And we always want to look glass half full, but lots of things are happening globally. And in our own backyard, it's always a risk that something can happen and you need to be prepared, not ignorant to it and prepare and pre not pretend like it'll never be you. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's right. So I think first and foremost is, is the awareness piece, which is the most important. And that kind of brings into the picture, the idea that before you meet with people, like make sure you're covering your basis. And if it's a complete stranger, number one, I think for the most part, most of us can say that the clients that reach out to us that want to work, work with us will come from somewhere that makes sense, whether they're a referral or from your website or the, a lot of these people like will randomly reach out to you. And, and that's when you kind of have to get your check your gut and see if this situation feels right. Because there's been many times where I've just ended up ignoring people that have reached out to me because it's just, it doesn't seem right. And I think that's obviously the most important piece when it comes to safety is just your awareness of, okay, does this make sense that somebody randomly reached out to me through Instagram or on like text message and wants to see this random place that's vacant, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, you know, like yeah, I, those, well, all these different signs should point towards something's not feeling right. You you just pointed out several red flags that, yeah, if all, if all of that is happening in yeah, one. If then, all of that, then I hope everybody yeah, has like their someone backup, you've never but... heard from contacting you through a medium you didn't put out there to meet somewhere that is not safe. Like, I mean, even if any one of those, I think this is not too dissimilar to even when I do FinTrack training in the office. And to those of you who aren't in Canada, like that's basically like the need to identify the people we're working with um, as part of a larger anti-fraud thing. But this is from a safety perspective, the red flags you just listed a lot, like you need to know who the people are. And the reason it's hard or has been hard again is because we're soft targets in a market that's competitive getting a message from somebody that says, I'm interested in this listing, or I want to buy a house, or I'm looking for a listing agent or whatever, is a very hard thing to ignore, right? We're all hungry for business. Most of the stuff we talk about is about how do we get those emails from people? How can we encourage people to send us that exact message? But think about, forget violence, just think about the scams that are out there and the way people are preyed upon using especially social media or email or things like that. They look for where you're most vulnerable and real estate agents are vulnerable when someone looks like they're going to give them business. So yeah. 
ask yourself, how real is this and how possible and how can I vet it before I actually get put in a position where I'm with this person? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot that you can do there. And I know there's lots of tips out there. So I don't know if we want to get into those per se, or more like the defense yeah. aspect of things, but I think, yeah, I mean, I, I know our team, like we often talk when somebody random reaches out to one of our agents and we kind of get each other's takes on it. Um, so having some colleagues in the industry that you can kind of just bounce this idea off and ideally a colleague that might be able to go along with you in situations where you're not a hundred percent comfortable is a great way to just give yourself that extra support and extra protection in those types of situations. Cause it's not to say that every situation where you're meeting a complete stranger is a dangerous one. It's just, you've got to arm yourself with the right awareness and protections to, to keep yourself safe. Well, that, that's, that's what it is. It's, it's preparing yourself for what could be without approaching every situation. Like everybody I see is going to attack me. Cause that will also Probably no, not, not you know, it's not healthy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not the way you want to live your life, but yeah. What, from an awareness perspective, when you're in a situation, look for the signs outside of what's right in front of you. Like ask yourself, does this environment make sense? If you are in a situation where you're going to meet with somebody, if someone won't come with you, if, first of all, if you're not comfortable going by yourself, don't full stop. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. but at least make sure people know where you're going to be. We've gone so far in situations that have seemed weird where we've gone on Zoom calls with our agents with a new client because it seemed sketchy potentially mm -hmm. and just yeah. be there as someone who's a colleague like when and the same goes for you if someone comes to you who's a colleague and feels uncomfortable we genuinely are all in this together. Nobody wants to see anybody put in a bad situation. It doesn't matter if you're competitors for the business. This is what makes the industry better. This is what really, I guess, addresses a big problem with society and gets ahead of it. So be a support system. We've talked about this before as well, but ask for support and don't do anything until you're comfortable. Whenever something around you doesn't seem right, make note of it, you know, record things if you need to, mm -hmm. you know, just prepare yourself so that going into the situation is not going to overwhelm you with a sense of, I shouldn't be here. You shouldn't get mm -hmm. into a situation where that's the first thing that you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to buyers, like it's obviously you want to meet in a public place if you're meeting them for the first time, whether it's in your office or in a coffee shop or something like that, like that's a good way to just make sure everything looks fine. Um, but I think it's also a challenge for agents and on the listing side, because you're typically meeting somebody in their own home, uh, for the first time. And obviously you're not going to go to a coffee shop to meet somebody for a listing appointment. Cause that would be weird unless you're looking to list the coffee shop for sale or something yeah. like that. Um, but again, you know, if you, you know, if it's a referral from a past client and you know them and, you know, that's one thing, but if it's like, you know, somebody you might want to bring and anybody, you could bring a partner along and a partner could be your friend, your husband, a colleague, like it doesn't necessarily have to be a fellow realtor, just make sure they don't give any real estate advice when they're there, but whatever you need to do to make yourself feel safe. <laughs> that's, that's a whole but other also, episode. 
Yeah. And also like the identification piece, like, you know, you want to do your due diligence in the back end, you know, their names, you have access to the records for, for the home. You know, it, does that person actually own the home? Can you right. ask for their ID? Like all of those kinds of things, creep them on Facebook and Instagram and all those kinds of things to make sure you're, you know, who you're speaking with. And before you meet with somebody anyway, you should be doing some degree of due diligence, right? Like I understand if it's a listing agree, a listing appointment, you're going to be asking a lot of questions and learning things in the room. But ideally, you're going into that with some degree of preparedness for your presentation. So the more you can assess when it's not someone you know very well, what's their motivation, you know, like you said, verifying ownership, all the things, making sure that you've got your T's crossed so that the story checks out yeah, you want all the lines or the dots to be connecting. Right. That's key. If you start like doing a, like, you know, missing a well, few lines, you got to start questioning. If and it sounds right. like common sense, but I guarantee you people listening to this have been reached out by people and have gotten excited right out of the gate. And their first mm. instinct was, I need to go meet this person as quickly as possible because, you know, I don't know how they, like, I mean, even to ask a question like, how did you find how did me? You, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. You know, if you if you don't know how they found you, then it's a fair if they question. they don't know how you found them. How or they how they found, found you. you. Well, that's it. Like, and, and people are doing this probably at mass, but then there's other people who are specifically targeting people as well, right? So both ways, people need to be able to answer the question. And sometimes the answer, even if it's honest, is going to make you uncomfortable in itself, right? Like if somebody says, I saw your sign and I like the way you look. Mm, then that's, a, do you really no, want to meet I, with no, that person? No, right? hang up. So strange. I've never gotten that call. Oh, well, yeah. No, if I got that call, I'd be like, really? Like, <laughs> like, maybe, maybe we should meet. Um, I'm kidding. Um, so yeah, do as much research as you can. And then in the moment, most of what we learned and most of what we've talked about was not about that preamble, right? Because you generally won't need to defend yourself to someone you never see. But mm. the best defense is never getting into the situation in the first place. So yeah. And that's not what this episode is about. That's not like the end of the episode. Like, okay, no, no, no. so defending no, just, yourself wanna... is don't get into the situation yeah. and well, just, we're done. I... I want to also just talk about the awareness piece from an open house perspective, because that's an all, sure, that's yeah. an also another common situation that you can find yourself in. And like, you can tell when like somebody comes in that just doesn't seem right, then just, you know, make sure you're, you're keeping yourself safe. Um, you know, ask for identification, say that's part of the process. Or if you feel like you're literally going to be in physical danger, like, leave the house or stand outside the house or something like that. Just keep yourself out of harm's way. Keep something in between you, like a kitchen Island. Um, you know, don't have the person follow you, you go behind that person. So there's never an opportunity where something could happen from behind. So you just gotta, it's that awareness piece. Um, and, and that's definitely a situation, especially in a vacant home where you could be at risk. Yeah, absolutely. And don't, even with open houses, if if you're going to be uncomfortable with the idea of doing one by yourself, it's the same mm -hmm. thing. Like bring someone with you or have 
or it's okay to tell a client you're not comfortable with something they're requesting of you, right? I mean, an open house, it is a natural part of the job. I think it might be, it's not odd to say I'm not comfortable doing an open house, but I think finding alternative ways to do it that are comfortable is better than just saying, I don't do them because I don't feel safe in your house. Yeah. Right. Um, exactly. But, but yeah, the, there's any number of situations that you can put yourself in. And most of the time you're going to be on your own. Right. Mm -hmm. So at a minimum, make sure people know where you are, where you are. Yeah. that's so um, You know, whether it's your broker, whether it's a colleague, whether it's a family member, whatever you yeah. need to have like these really basic control systems for yourself that, you know, if somebody doesn't hear from you, it's not like, like at least people can piece together where you are and where to check on you and things like that. And you can go so far as to have other things. We didn't talk about this with um, the self-defense folks, but we've talked about that here. Like, do you need like a safe word or something in your yeah. brokerage that, you know, if you're in a bad situation, we're on WhatsApp groups with all of our agents, you know, is there something that you can text to somebody looking natural to warn people you're in a bad spot? right? Whatever puts you in a better position of being comfortable, you need to do and you need to establish and make sure people know so that you can get the support if you need it as well. Yeah, exactly. All right. So let's get into the, uh, the more physical part of defending yourself. Let's, let's start kicking some ass. Oh yeah. That was, that was a good little chop you did there. So I don't know if that would work. Yeah. So I guess the the second element, and, and this was sort of, it sort of came at us with sort of a listy approach, which we love. Your favorite. It is. Um, but the second piece, once you're in there, that was important other than awareness, if I'm not mistaken, was to mm -hmm. move, right? It was move. Correct. It's Amber. Amber is the, the acronym word. The acronym. Thank you. What yeah. is that called? Yeah. And it, it's actually a good acronym to remember, you know, not for a good reason, but, you know, the idea of an Amber Alert, the idea of an Amber Light, these sorts of things are are tied to a feeling of safety and and, and that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, the M in Amber is to move. And the idea there is you want to be able to maintain a comfortable distance from people who are around you, especially again, these, these are all sort of predicated upon your by yourself, but whatever. I mean, if, if you're on your own, you need to be able to ensure you've got a safe perimeter around yourself. And often that will require you to physically kind of uh, move in tandem with someone who might be moving in your direction, I guess yeah. is one way of putting it. Yeah. And the one thing I think we all learned is that how close somebody is like our comfort level with closeness is a lot more generous, I'd say than what it should be. Um, yeah. so just keep in mind, like how quickly somebody could move, you know, somebody can really like jump at you. And I think he used the example with a police officer and somebody with a knife and like how, what's the likelihood of somebody with a knife lunging at somebody before like the police officer can get his gun out or her gun out. And it's like hundred percent of the time, I think he said the knife person always won because and the distance was far. Like yeah, it wasn't was like knife yeah. distance. It was a good mm -hmm. 10, 15 feet away, but yeah. in the time it takes to unclip and cock and all those things, 
it's yeah, game over. You don't have time. Exactly. So people so, can move. So know that people can move fast and that's why keeping a safer distance is always good. But I, I, I don't know if he meant this, but also you move <laughs> like, right. you know, yeah. Okay. I was, I was trying to make sure that that was what it was too. Yeah. Like that's you want to, that's what I was getting at. Yeah. Okay. Like move out of the way, but also like get out of the situation as quickly as you possibly can. And one thing that was brought up is that when we're showing a home, a lot of us will typically lock the door behind us because we don't want say another agent coming in or, you know, sometimes it's double bookings or whatever. And we just want to make sure that there's privacy, but at the same now time, we know how dumb that is, huh? If you're locking the doors, you know, it's, it just makes it so much harder to get out if you need to. So like, it's almost better if, especially if you're meeting with a stranger and like, you haven't listened to the first part of this podcast and made sure you were protected in other ways, unlock all of the access points so that, you know, it, God forbid something happened, you can easily get out. Well, and, You don't want to have those locked up. Th this goes back to awareness as well, which we didn't cover, which is when you can pace the place first. Get yeah. there and yeah. know where, know your you know, access. is there a yeah. back door? Is there a front door? Do the windows open? I mean, you're not yeah. going to like leave all the windows open so you can jump head first out the second yeah. floor if the well, time actually, comes. Yeah. But, That's the E of Amber. So we can jump well, ahead. Oops. Yeah. Well, we won't Sorry. jump to that yet. That but I mean, but the idea is having an understanding of what's there and then the awareness as you're doing it of what's happening. If you come in and let's say the person comes in behind you, which is a little bit more conventional. I know we say stay in, stay behind, but like if you let them in, if when you're in there, they lock the door. Oh, geez. Like I'm running out the back right away. Well, it's, it's, it's be aware or like let them come in and then unlock the door or like little things like that. Like not everybody is doing it with, with bad intentions, but Especially no, when it's yeah. someone you don't know, I hate to say assume the worst because you won't be able to do your job yeah. properly if you're just staring at them, waiting for them to attack you. But at <laughs> the same time, you know, again, all these things, you need to know what you're going to do next. It's like it's like when you're playing a sport, you know, when we talk to our kids about playing basketball or things like that, it's not enough to know that someone might pass the ball to you. It's if I get the ball, what am I going to do? What's my next move? Things happen quickly. So yeah. it's not enough to sit there and say, this person might come at me. It's like, okay, if they do, what are you doing next? Right. Yeah. Which, which is still even in, in, and this is kind of almost how I'd wrap up this whole episode. But to me, I still believe in practice. And we talked about this with him too. In practice, you won't do most of the things that you've been told to do because panic sets in and right yeah and it's hard just, to just yeah. say oh i need to do this and shift this way and the doors over there and whatever but yeah this is where you need to discipline yourself to be prepared yeah yeah exactly um so the b in amber is oh uh <laughs> i was gonna say a say? b word you're gonna say a different um, B word. I was gonna say nothing. No, I was just gonna say a different word. The, the B in amber <laughs> is carnival. <laughs> is block block is the word that I was looking for. No, because yes. I had I had written this written beside it open palm. I was gonna say open palm. The B in amber is open palm. It's open like, palm. What? Anyway, open palm. Well, no, because I like... just gave up on the episode. They're like they don't even know their alphabet. I should. They're like 
no, no. I like this one because to me, I, I like, I've never punched somebody. So I can't imagine it, I could bad. effectively punch somebody if I needed to. So he did say that like an open palm, like to somebody's nose or to somebody's whatever ear, um, that or neck or something that is just as effective as a punch. So jumping off the block though, you're getting into the aggression. That's not the block. That's the, that's the attack. That's like hitting somebody, but yes, well, you're, that is okay. true. You mean blocking like a, an attack, like in a, like. Yeah. Well, that's that the saying? block. That's what the block is. Block wasn't punch in the face. <laughs> to me, I, I, I guess in my mind, I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I get the block. I'm not very good at the block. So we did we practice practiced. all of this and it was really bad. So I need, number one, I need to practice it. But number two, like, I think my mind automatically goes to like what I can do to protect myself and blocking probably isn't the easiest thing. I'm just thinking of somebody bigger than me, like trying to like punch me or something. Like, I don't know if I could block a punch. I, I don't think I'm that, that strong. Okay. I, I... I, I think you are. I think you're stronger than you think you are. But I also think it's not the kind of instinctual thing you're ever going to do. I agree with that. You're not just going to sweep your duck. hand. You what? You would duck? I'd probably duck. Like a video so game. Somebody's trying to punch me. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> just like protect myself. I don't know. But the, if I can just take one step back Bring and then we'll get to throat punches. Take away open. Oh. Then we can Hadouken <laughs> people. Back. Um, I like this part though. No, okay, well, no, we're not going to, we're not forgetting that. You can get back to how you're okay. kicking people's asses, but the idea of block is to kind of thwart the initial attempt at coming at you and move right. is part of that also. So the example, yeah. which I, I get where he's coming from. And in, in, when you look at it, it makes sense. I don't think in practice, this exact way would make sense, but the example he used maybe conceptually is if someone's coming in at you with their hand, right? Because mm -hmm. it's not go. It's not. He wasn't treating this as much as people punching you in the face. He was treating this more as people grabbing people. Trying to kind grab. Of yeah, I know that's true. more that's of true. a. I mean, yeah. not necessarily an always sexual nature, but something more to the effect of like trying to get close to you. And so, right. The example of a hand coming towards you, he took a step back. No, okay, that's another one. <laughs> you're you're doing all the other moves. If you're again, and this is always incentive for people to watch this if you're only listening. But the move that he gave was you take a step back and you basically catch their hand in a handshake. That was oh, right. That I was the example. That. You, Sorry, you, that was like the most important one. Ass. I mean, I, I got all kinds of time for the ass kicking stuff because I go there too, but I'm trying to I'm trying yeah, to no, recreate. You're right, you're right. Handshake, handshake. That's so right, if they're coming in with their hand, you yeah. kind of take a step back and kind of catch their hand, shake their hand, and even though, see, to me, it's weird because if this is partway through when you're meeting them, you're not shaking someone's hand, you know. Well, I think he was trying to, he was saying like you want to. Sends um, a message. Well, it sends a message, but it also helps to, um, what's the word? Like reduce the the, the conflict or um, there's a word that I'm thinking diffuse. of. But diffuse, yeah. Diffuse, like if somebody is kind of has this intention of of attacking you, and you kind of, I just don't think you'd, you'd be able, you'd be in the frame of mind to kind of not joke, but just be like, oh yeah, hi, nice to meet you kind of thing I think, like yeah, in it, that moment. It was I think he was thinking more of like, a, I think it was more, yeah, like somebody that maybe he's thinking if somebody isn't all there and, you know, 
maybe you can diffuse it by talking um, about it. Yeah. Like, I think that was a big part of it as well. Um, is if you can try to talk somebody out of doing something stupid, um, that could be a good first try um, mm-hmm. before you start punching. Before you go to friggin' town on them. I'm going to have you on speed dial. You show up with like a machete. But- I just, I feel like my initial reaction if somebody comes well, at me is not going to be to try to defuse the situation. But well, okay. So it's, it's so a good point. It's a good point. Let's- Let's blend that with your ass kicking. So the other reason for that and yes. for the traditional wax on wax off blocks, which he did mention are yes. effective Very ways to do effective. it. And you can yeah. talk open palms in a second because you're you're waiting to open palm to, to bitch slap people and all that. But when you catch a hand and shake a hand or the blocks, which we can talk about in both of those situations, it also puts you physically in a position where you can have the upper hand, so to speak. Like mm-hmm. if you're holding somebody by their hand, yeah. awkward as it might be, you're actually physically for the moment controlling the situation because you've yeah. got their hand, which is a key sort of weapon that they might intend to use. Plus, and this is where it does make sense, it creates a certain degree of confusion. Because people who have an intention to come at you one way or another are basically just looking for squirming, uncomfortable. I mean, they're not, I don't think they're looking for you to say, oh yeah, come in, right? (laughs) Come at me, bro. Come at me, bro. So like, if you catch their hand and shake their hand or you do something that they weren't expecting and all of a sudden for even just a second or two, you've got literally the upper hand. It puts you in that moment where then you can unleash yeah. your crazy ass. <laughs> well, okay. But yeah. And, and I think it does would, would catch most people off guard. Like if you put yourself into a position of power in that situation, I don't think most people going into this, that sort of a scenario where they intend to hurt you or do whatever to you think that you're going to be able to be in any sort of control. Um, so I think it's, it's good to, to do that. And and the hand thing will also allow you to like go back to the physical stuff, but like the twisting of the wrist and, you know, getting them down. Like, and we tried that when we were, um, doing the lesson, um, and just having that control c- can also control how you can physically move somebody, um, in most cases. Well, so and, and I think, yeah, for, for the purpose of the podcast, maybe, the actual moves we can only talk so much about because it's going to be, (laughs) we're not ninja masters, but you mentioned the open palm was a really good. Yeah. Like from a, you not hurting yourself perspective. Yeah. um, Yeah. And also from a potentially like, I know you're talking about actually striking people with an open palm. You're all about that, Mm -hmm. which is fine, but like all about it. I just, it's, anyway. but it, it is as or more effective in some mm-hmm. cases than punching or things yeah. like that. And you might not want to go straight. Like if someone's just reaching in your direction, maybe they just want the feature sheet that's behind you. You don't want to just crack them in the face. <laughs> right. But at the same time, you need to be prepared for what could be. And if you just do kind of sweep across and push their hand to the side and like an effect, grab them, like you said, by the wrist or grab them by the arm you can do a lot and mm-hmm. not be bigger than the other person when you've got people in certain 
positions and scenarios and you're positioned a certain way. So I was a little bit um, surprised actually that even though, and we'll get to E and what E is, but even though I guess your end goal is to get the hell out of there, he was still pretty focused on like, correct me if I'm wrong, like doing a little bit of harm to the person before you do that. You know, like if you yeah, know, you're which I'm kind of, I, I'm not, I'm not like, I think instinctually most people will, if any opportunity arises, will run. And right. I, I know we've all seen the Spoiler movies alert. where somebody That's tries R. to run. Spoiler alert. Oh yeah. Sorry. Well, we've already done E. E is exit. Know your exits, which we've already talked about. Right, right. So let's talk about running. So let's run. talk about running. How do you run? Well, no, but like we've seen those movies where somebody turns around, tries to run and the person grabs their leg or something. And, you know, then they, they're back in the same position or even a worse position than that, that they right. were. So again, I think it comes down to I like the moment and the instinct that you would have. Um, I mean, I can't even imagine being in that situation, but I don't know. I, I would say that anything you can do to temporarily give yourself a, a relatively decent head start um, is key. Well, that that's the, th like the moment, you know, you're in an actual dangerous situation. Mm -hmm. I mean, anything goes, but like yeah. from you, but I think at the same time, the one thing that is a constant and again, easier said than done is the calmer you're able to be the, mm -hmm. the yeah. more likely you are to get away and whether it's defuse the situation, get away, inflict harm, whatever it is, all of those things are going to be easier if you're calm, because if you're panicked yeah. mm -hmm. and it's natural, right? Like it's, yeah. it's easy for anybody to say, don't panic or be calm. I think if I was in that situation, I'd freak out also. And, you know, it's yeah. like when our daughter's in karate, she's learned very clearly how to punch. But when she's sparring, she just goes like, it's just I instinctually, know. it's like, how can I flail my arms to connect with somebody? You might yeah. be in that same situation. But even just knowing physically what you could do to buy you some time, the places you can try to impact somebody who's bigger than you to incapacitate them for a second or two or make their eyes mm -hmm. water or whatever is really important. And yeah. I think irrespective of what we say now, if you haven't looked into these things and you, and you've, you know, been concerned about what you should do, you should at a minimum, even just go on YouTube or go on the internet and look up some of this stuff to, to get an understanding of what to do, what not to do, what could inflict what sort of harm, mm -hmm. you know, um, because it's important. And I mean, I learned things that I didn't know about what to do, what not to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we can get into those if you want, because I think you, we're through the Amber about what, about like the moves like our, yeah. Okay. Let's talk moves. Okay. So, okay. We talked about the palm go for the nose. If you're doing the palm, cause that's probably the best way, easiest way to get contact can get you like the most impact, make their eyes water kind of thing. I think that's a good one. Um, the other one I wanted to say was the tiger claw to the neck. Like that. <laughs> like, just I, like, I, I mean, even I doing that. I don't want to come at you at all. Like you went with the ones that like hurt the most. Like, well, 
No, no, yeah. it's good. But I, I guess for and maybe I'm 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 probably really I am ignorant in thinking like I almost feel like you're gonna have time to have a dial in your head where you can when you can determine the degree of threat that's in front of you, right? Like maybe it's just like a female male. It might thing. be, and, and well, that's the thing. Like, because like we immediately think we're in danger. Like you know, well, and 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 if you get to the point. And you're feeling like this person needs to be dropped, then yeah, the two things you just said, like have at it. Yeah. Well, no, no, I'm not. I'm two not saying like my it. immediate. I'm not saying my immediate reaction if somebody comes into my open but house. That's the is problem. To, like, is tiger claw them in the neck, but. But I, that's the problem. Like, is that if I'm in a dangerous position, I'm going to do what I can to get out, and I feel like those things are going to be the most effective because they don't require as much strength. Like I can do those to somebody that's bigger than me, right. and I I can probably inflict more harm than trying to punch them. Oh, just, and, yes, yeah. and, and it is an immediate decision. That's the thing. It's not something that you can wait and be like, okay. Should I go at the nose? Should I wait and see if he does something more regret? Like, if you yeah. feel in in that, if you're feeling in danger enough that it yeah. merits, then you do that. I think at a higher level, without getting into specific, although we'll get into more <laughs> more specific moves. I think the theme is you want to have as many of your own limbs available. Mm -hmm. is kind of how I'd put it so that you've got options to be able to defend yourself, right? Like you don't want to be in a position where someone's holding both of your arms and has you pinned down. Although we did go through scenarios where you might be in that situation as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, whatever you do, allow yourself to have an arm or a leg or more of that available for you to use. Because as long as you have that, if someone's in close quarters, there's something you can do to do what you need to do to get away, mm -hmm. right? So whether it's throat or nose, uh, surprisingly from a punching perspective, his big yeah. go-to was, and everyone guessed wrong, it's the stomach mm -hmm. because yeah. rightfully so, multiple things. Number one, it's not going to kill anybody. Right. Because you never know, like if you, if you hit somebody in the wrong spot hard enough, I don't care how small you might be, certain places can inflict permanent damage. And although maybe you don't care because of the situation from a liability perspective, even, you know, if you're trying to save yourself and you're going to press charges or whatever and just get out of there, the stomach is literally when they say you wind somebody, it's because if you crack them in the stomach, it will cause them to keel over and lose their breath. And yeah. yeah, I mean, the focus was very clearly on going to town on the stomach. Like if some, if you can get somebody down, like mm -hmm. not even punching, he was all about the hammer fist. Yeah. The hammer fist just over and over again, just hammering on somebody's stomach and then getting the hell out of there. Mm -hmm. or doing whatever, like it's very it's like ufc like that's what they do in the ufc is a lot of just like wailing on somebody from above but because the stomach's a lot of just meat you're not going to hurt your hand which is a mm -hmm. big deal right a lot of places you can hit somebody he was talking about how even with an open palm your thumb is very vulnerable if you're doing things and your thumb is open like it can break yeah. back it can get in a lot of trouble 
but you need to know the same state, same things about somebody else and where they're vulnerable as well. Yeah. Yeah. Stomach. So yeah. So stomach is definitely key. Um, and then there was some questions which were really good about people, like if they're coming from behind you and like putting their arms around your neck or doing whatever. And there's a few different moves, but the one that I think he really emphasized was making sure you're, you can like stomp on their foot really hard. Like that's another one that can really cause them some pain and can get you out of a situation where maybe they've got their hands around you or whatever. So just really going down hard on their foot, break the shit out of that foot. That sounded so good. Let's break the shit out of that foot. But yeah, you do that. I mean, yeah, he, he had, and, and to all of you out there whose first instinct is to kick someone in the, the berries, Mm-hmm. It was actually a very not even a last resort. It was like a no go for him. Which I it, thought was a. I mean, I didn't like his reasoning for it. To be honest, I mean, and, and it I was get too, it. it would almost conflict inflict too much like, well, damage. Was he, that what it? Like I'm trying to remember. No, what he said. well, maybe, but he was saying because oh, of the nature of yeah, these yeah, people yeah. wanting to be in control. You, yeah, there's certain things you can do that will demean an attacker yeah. to the point of making them more aggressive. And so that was an example. If you kick someone there, or you punch somebody there, and it doesn't really take them out, which is possible, that's the kind of thing that will like potentially amplify the situation. The same thing with he was talking about punching in the bladder, and that can actually make someone pee themselves. If you do that, you know, I mean, good for you if you do that. They deserve it. But if it gets to a situation where they get embarrassed and demeaned and feel like less of a person, it could actually make the situation worse as well. So those were not the preferred spots to go for. But if the situation, like, if again, if you're in a situation where you don't have a choice and you've got like a knee free and that's there, I say have at it. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, if it, if it allows you to get free and they let go of you, um, I mean, it, it's, and then the other thing was the element of, I guess you could call it surprise. Another thing I didn't love, and I can't put myself in the position of a woman and he can't either. And it was kind of weird that he was pretending to be a woman and that when it was like, if an attacker's on top of you and you're completely helpless, mm. mm-hmm. he almost said, you kind of play along I like, could see that. I've I've played that out in my head before. That you're gonna see it say, oh, I've done that before. <laughs> no, no, no. I've like I because I've thought of myself in certain situations, and if, if that would have happened, if that would happen. God forbid. But yeah. if you're honestly like you know, like there's a knife on you, and like you know, like you're gonna do whatever you can, and if you can play along for a bit just to like give yourself some safety or let them ease up a little bit then for sure i would i would definitely consider that like play you know try to outsmart them a little bit yeah Bastards. well um i think then the other yeah. thing is sorry go ahead well well just just to build on that i mean in reality if you're in a situation where you are very like in in where something bad is more likely to happen than not and you feel like 
taking the attack route might put you in more danger sometimes just doing what you're told and i mean i don't want to say from like it depends on what you're being told but like he was even saying like when he's been mugged or things like that yeah he's a you know triple grand dragon whatever self-defense person but still he'll do he'll what get, they tell he'll him hand over his wallet he'll hand know? over his yeah. wallet he'll run before mm -hmm. he'll try to do anything because it's a it is still a last resort or a, mm -hmm. a not the route you'd want to go option yeah but you can't rule it out either yeah yeah um the other thing that i liked was um if somebody tries to pick you up like the best way to try to get out is to just dead weight like just mm -hmm. and and he was right like you think about like trying to pick up if you've got kids or if you ever tried to pick up a kid that's having a tantrum and they literally like give you dead weight they're not even flailing it's just like dead weight like try to pick somebody up like that is next to impossible so like again your instinct is to like kick and scream and punch and try to get out but it's easier if somebody's holding you that you're doing that than just trying to go completely limp yeah. actually i wonder how many people listening to this when you first said that thought when you said somebody's trying to pick you up it's like someone saying hey mm -hmm. you want to go grab a drink and you just at the bar yeah. you just go dead just weight like at the bar yeah. <laughs> you just fall over yeah. yes and that's physically trying to lift you yes mm -hmm. yeah. um the dead weight thing does work it's true um anything else from you i have a couple more little points little tips and tricks uh, well, I mean, I, I think the whole thing was very, I mean, I, for me, it was still about the awareness first. It was still about, yeah. I know you want to get it, but like, it was all about knowing your situation, being aware and doing the things, being disciplined enough with yourself that I, I mean, it sounded mean, but he wasn't wrong that when things happen, or if things happen, a lot of it is preventable. And a lot of it, it's not your fault. That's the wrong way to put it, right? But you want to, every step of the way, continue to have enough checks and balances and things that will diffuse or avoid situations before they start, right? So things like reaching out and shaking the hand, things like making sure you're always facing somebody, keeping the safe distance, all these things together not only put you in a safer position but i believe they send a message that you know that you're not the the mark somebody thought you were right um and none of it is in a way that is like we said demeaning or implying you think anything it's just i'm a professional who does things a certain way and that's a way that doesn't want to be attacked or have someone come too close to me when I'm showing them a house or when I'm walking through their house or anything like that. So, but anyway, what are the things you've got, the tidbits that we have not covered yet? More moves. Um, okay. So if you happen to have somebody from behind, like you're the one that's behind to, to just keep walking backwards with them, um, like will cause them, I guess, to not have their balance and kind of get you maybe out of a, a like gives you a, an easier escape. I think that was why, but like he was if showing you're us behind them. If you're behind them and then you're walking backwards, sorry, I went away from the mic, but if you're walking backwards with them, like, and you've got them in like a 
chokehold or something. But this is like you're already in control is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like I was going to say, when would you ever be behind them and holding no, them? No, 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 no. It's like you? for some reason, like you managed to get from behind them and you can, you know, I mean, that's, that's just a little minor thing, but I thought that was good to know. Because like he showed how how that happens, like he, in when we were doing it. And so you could see how that really like has somebody lose their balance. They're not as strong. Um, I don't know, just probably gives you more opportunity to, to get your thoughts together and figure out how to get it, get out. And then with the, and, if, and then if somebody is behind you and they've got your, their arm around you to get your chin out from, or what was it? Like, yeah, you want to like... make sure that they're not under your chin with their arms. So if you're picturing this, for those of you who are listening, if you know what a half Nelson is, or, you know, if you're wrestling, mm -hmm. like a sleeper hold, those sorts of things, when the arm is wrapped around under your chin and yeah. it's kind of like, kind of like a headlock. Yeah. The first thing you need to do is to be able to breathe. And that's going to yeah. cut off your breathing. So you need right. to basically use whatever you have, your arms, whatever, to pull the arm away so that you can tuck your chin in. And if you get your chin wedged in there, then you're okay. Then you're in a position where you can call Katie and she'll show you how to go to town on the person. <laughs> um, yeah. And the only other thing I wanted to say is the importance of um, noise when you're in the, like you want to, you want to scream. And if you can, obviously, once you get out of somewhere, um, try whatever you can do, like, make sure you're making a lot of noise if you can, because obviously the last thing somebody wants is to be caught. They don't want to be in that situation. So if you yeah. can find opportunities to make lots of noise, even he was saying like what he'll do when he's in the ring is he'll like let out a yell as he's punching somebody. And like the first time somebody does that, like it kind of catches anybody off guard when they hear like a noise like that. So if you can try doing that as well, it might I catch was somebody off guard. I was about guard. to do it, but I pulled back. I was just going to yell. Really yeah, hard, no, I feel like that I would scare. Everyone can People are sure. driving when they're listening to us. I don't want to get them into car accidents. An accident. But tying into that though, if there's one thing that a bad person doesn't want, in these situations, it's witnesses. Yeah. It's other people to know, to see, to be around. And so if you keep that in mind in any situation, obviously being in places with more people is always beneficial. One example was if you think you're being followed, forget real estate, if you think you're being followed outside in the dark or whatever, people's yeah. instinct is to run. And mm -hmm. really the best thing to do is just find a place where there's people go to a bar, go to something, walk in somewhere and just hang out, see what happens. See if the person's actually following you and if push comes to shove, tell somebody who's in there casually, again, calmly just go about like nothing's wrong. Um, and in situations as well, this seems tougher to do in practice, but he was talking about, you know, you've got your phone out all the time, put the camera on, videotape what's happening you know, before yeah. anything goes wrong, like not right. as someone's attacking, you don't say, well, can you hold that attack a for a second? I need to get yeah. a shot of you grabbing me, but anything that creates a situation now that stuff to me is less realistic. Necessary. Yeah. I mean, if I am videotaping someone, even if something starts and I say, well, I had video of you, so you better be careful. Like, yeah. will the person not just take your phone? or whatever, like it seems yeah. not realistic, but anyway, it is though, it's about making sure people understand that it's not just you and them. 
right? Mm -hmm. Even letting them know somebody knows where you are, yeah. right? Um, so, but yeah, this is all just about having your own, again, preparedness and awareness and an understanding of what to do next if something does happen. So hopefully that was helpful for everybody. Hopefully it didn't scare the crap out of everybody, but I'm sure you just gotta, as Daniel said, it's, it's awareness and just being smart about things. You can never be too safe. Trust your gut in your gut. That's another thing he said. And it's very true. Your gut is almost always right. So if it doesn't feel right, then start being more aware of the situation and what you can do to make yourself safer. Make the acronym Amberg or Gamber. Amber. We'll throw gut in there. But so again, the acronym was awareness, move, uh, block, or what you thought was open palm, open hand, exit, and run. And those are in an actual order of what it might work like, but ultimately they're all equally important and you don't know which part of that you might be at, but they're all relevant and useful. And then your gut, the g, put in that as well. All right. Well, everybody be Thanks safe out listening. there. This wasn't meant to be a sad episode of sadness, but it is definitely an important thing. If you do want or are interested in places or things that could teach you more, I encourage you find the local self-defense classes. There's, they do them everywhere. They're, this is a, this yeah. is a thing and you should invest in doing that or talk to your brokerage about maybe putting something like that in place where you as a team can get trained together. It was a fun thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. to, to beat each other up and learn a few things along the way. And he did make a good point. It's like more practice, the better. So like, obviously none of us do this on a regular basis or most of us don't do this on a regular basis. So when you are in the office, grab a partner and just practice a couple of blocks and- and tiger claws to the neck and uh, you're good to go. Once we, once we stop recording, let's just do that. You can just face bomb me and break my nose. That'd be fun. Sounds like fun. All right. Mm -hmm. Have a good week, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Level up, level up, level up, level up. Level up.